Welcome to Navigating Your Child's Education, a podcast for parents, grandparents, and anyone raising or influencing young people. I'm your host, Laura. On this episode, we're discussing building teacher-parent rapport. We have with us experienced educators James Story and Nancy Griffith. James Story has 10 years of middle school math teaching experience, and Nancy Griffith has nearly 30 years of experience in the classroom and as a school administrator. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Excited to be here. Good to be here. No one really disputes that positive relationships and good communication between parents and their child's teachers benefit the child. I'd love to hear from both of you, what are some benefits that you've seen come out of really positive relationships between parents and, and their child's teacher? Okay, well, healthy communication is so important between parent and teacher, and it's not necessarily um, communication every day. You know, it doesn't have to be every day about every little thing, but um, the quality of the communication, making sure, you know, that's that's meaningful and reaching out, um, that really it boosts the confidence level of the teacher and the parent. And the teacher appreciates knowing there's support at home when they're hearing from that parent. And, of course, the parent then has a sense of trust that their child's being loved and cared for. So that that relationship um, is really important. Yeah, I would agree. And, and the word that comes to mind for me with, you know, parent-teacher communication is it's vital. And I liked what Nancy said just about how it doesn't have to be every day but the quality of it should be there. And if a parent isn't involved or a teacher isn't involved and the communication isn't good, it's almost like a breakdown where uh, there's just not going to be a maybe a sense of kind of understanding of what's going on in the classroom. And the understanding, I think, allows for the parent to be more involved in a student's life through either you know, asking questions to their student, to their son or daughter, um, when they're maybe outside the classroom, that's another way that like, communication can happen. Like I know you mentioned, maybe there's not communication between parent and teacher every day, but checking in with the student and, and stuff like that, I think, goes a long way. And so your son or daughter is kind of getting to know and learning what's going on in the classroom through like just like things at the dinner table or after the game on the ride home or something like that. And so there's a lot of different other ways we, that communication happens through other than just sending an email home or reading something on the school website. Now I'm guessing teacher-parent rapport looks different depending on the age of your child and what level of schooling they're in. What can that look like in the elementary years, that connection between a parent and their child's teacher? Nancy? Of course we want to start out that relationship and that rapport just right off the bat as just as soon as we can in that school year. And parents and teachers, they each have their part to play in that. And parents, um, maybe that's stopping by, you know, at open house to make sure that they're introducing themselves to the teacher and 
making them themselves known that way. And then, of course, the teacher giving that, that clear and consistent communication to the parent. And that just, you know, opens up those lines of communication. So what, you know, either, either side feels free to come to the other with questions or concerns. And it's really just building that foundation as early as possible in that school year. So then when situations arise or questions come up, then it's just natural to be, be reaching out and working through whatever may, may come up. And James, what about at those older grades, middle school and high school, what does it look like for there to be positive teacher-parent rapport for the older grades? Yeah, it is, I think, a little bit different than the younger kids. I don't think the interaction between parent and teacher maybe necessarily happens on a daily basis. Um, The kids are more independent, but when it does happen either through email or an open house or parent-teacher conferences or, you know, as the kids get older, they start getting involved in a lot more activities, I would say, at school, and whether it's plays, sports, clubs, whatever it could be, just when teachers and parents get an opportunity to interact in those situations, I think it's always a great idea to, if you can have a little conversation, have it, just a you know, hello, or how are you doing, or little things like that, I think goes a long way into building that, even if it's a couple minutes, just builds that relationship there. And like I said, it's not going to be every single day, just because it is a little bit different, and the kids are older, but, you know, all those little things that go into it, build it over time. And then, I think, like Nancy said, starting the school year off strong with, you know, open house, or curriculum night, whatever it could be called, and just the student and the teacher and the parent all like interacting together, but also starting it off on a strong foot. I think from the beginning of the year is is great, like you said, just building that relationship from the beginning. At the beginning of the school year, parents have all these forms to fill out and boxes to check, and maybe there's a little paper that tell us something about your child. But in some of those interactions at an open house or at an activity outside of school, or even just an initial conversation between a parent and a teacher, what's really helpful for teachers to know about their students from a parent's perspective? Well, I I tell parents to, um, of course, introduce themselves, you know, that open house, that beginning of the year activity, but then to to give it a couple weeks, you know, give you know, school time to start for students to settle in, for teachers to settle in, to even um, get to know the students a little bit. So the teacher is familiar with the students and um, parents are maybe a little familiar with maybe what the schedule is. And then as far as specific things for parents to let teachers know, there may be certain learning needs or certain questions or certain anxieties that the student has maybe shared with the parent. And so things like that for the parents to share with the teacher I certainly, you know, encourage encourage that anything that would help the teacher better better serve, better teach, better instruct that student. But I do encourage parents to to let the school year start. Don't um, don't say everything at open house or don't say everything in an, an email after that first day of school. But um, give time to get into the routine, and then could really vary on what might be helpful. Yeah, I agree with. Yeah, everything Nancy said about that and just letting there be some time as you continue to get to know the students. And I know she would agree just with 
the part of having a strong relationship with the students and building that from the beginning of the year. So, like, for me, if I get an opportunity to talk to parents, I kind of want to know some of the things that the student enjoys because if I can know that and be able to talk to a student about what they enjoy, the student's kind of guard goes down a little bit. They open up their world a little bit. The relationship starts to develop from that point. And then when maybe an issue does arise or something that a parent lets us know about as far as, hey, this student is in need of this or is dealing with this at home or this is kind of what's going on, maybe something learning or whatever it could be, the relationship between me and that student has already been built and so I'm able to work through that a little bit better than just like what Nancy said, you get everything the first day and it's kind of hard to build off of it right then and there because you don't know that student that well. Hi parents, I just want to take a minute and let you know about a free guide to paying for a private Christian education. Perhaps you're curious about sending your children to Worthington Christian School but assume the cost is prohibitive. Before you rule it out, I encourage you to check out worthingtonchristian.com forward slash AffordWC to download a free guide to our financial aid program, 529 accounts, Ohio's EdChoice scholarship program, and more. That's worthingtonchristian.com forward slash AffordWC. Now back to our show. How would you encourage a parent to find the balance between under-communicating with the teacher and over-communicating with the teacher? That is quite the tightrope to walk. It is. It is. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, definitely the beginning of the year, you know, anything that the teacher needs to know. You know, there could be, you know, those definite allergies or, you know, certain things that definitely do need to be communicated right off the bat. But then we do want to, I don't want to say pick and choose, but we want to make that communication more quality communication, not an everyday check-in. But, you know, once everyone's gotten to know each other a little bit, a couple weeks into school, the teacher is going to be having that regular communication with, you know, at the elementary level anyway, that, um, you know, those weekly newsletters or those emails And we want parents to feel comfortable to reach out with questions, but, um, you know, maybe making, making sure they have checked those resources and checked with their child. And, you know, as that child is learning more independence in that grade, but we do want parents to feel comfortable reaching out to teachers as well. It is a hard line. I don't know, to cover or to look at as far as over-communicating, under-communicating. Being that I work with mostly older students, there is, like I mentioned, less communication just because the kids are becoming more independent. They're able to check homework on a site like RenWeb or Blackboard or whatever it could be, see what their homework is, see what they need to complete. But I would just encourage parents as far as getting to know me in the classroom as a teacher, just asking their kids regularly, What's going on in the classroom? Has your teacher shared anything about themselves? What's something unique to their classroom? And I think as a parent gets to know their son or daughter's teacher through their son or daughter just by asking questions, I think that can almost even cut down on communication as well because Mm -hmm. there's not the need to ask maybe as many questions. You already feel like you know the teacher. And then I think it's almost 
there's the great like connection between teacher to student to parent and it just mm-hmm. seems to go well off of that as long as you know the parent is asking questions getting to know their teacher through their through their son or daughter how can parents effectively navigate a difficult situation with perhaps their student in the classroom, whether it's a grade or an assignment that they struggled with or some sort of disagreement, what's your advice to parents to navigate that well with a teacher? Yeah, absolutely. I can jump in and, you know, we appreciate as teachers when if there is an issue that the parent comes to us, they come right to the source. They want to know, hey, what's going on with my son or daughter? And when these situations happen, we want all the facts to be out there. We want both sides to be open to hearing all the facts. And at least in my experience, when issues come up or the perception of an issue has come up, that most of the time it's a misunderstanding or a miscommunication or something from teacher to student got misconstrued in a way. But then by the time the student gets home and shares it with the parent, it's, it's just bits and pieces, and it's harder to put together the full story. But, you know, when both sides can be open to, hey, this is what actually happened, this is what I saw on my end, I think it usually ends up working itself out in a fine way. And it's, it's able to be something that's still, as teacher, student, parent, we're able to move on and still work well together. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It really just goes back to that open communication with the um, parent and teacher and and really for, for both sides not to make assumptions, you know, give the benefit of the doubt to each other and um, really to seek to hear and understand each other and everyone has the same goal in mind and you know, to yeah. look at how to best resolve the situation. So really so much goes back to that open communication and building that relationship. Yeah, and I agree. And, and we all want what's best for the student and we all want what's best for their learning environment, them to improve. And can mistakes happen on a teacher's end? Yes, they can. And if a mistake has happened or something perceived as a mistake, we want to be able to make it right and make that learning in the classroom the best possible for the student going forward. And so that's why we appreciate when teachers come to us because we're able to fix it quickly and then just be able to move on and get back to the goal, which is educating students and helping them to improve each and every day. Nancy, towards the beginning of this conversation, you mentioned that there's really work to be done on the part of the parent and the teacher. What advice would you give to parents that seem to be struggling to connect with their teacher as they try to establish a relationship? Well, there are the, you know, any school would have those set times for, you know, parents to maybe come into the building, talk with the teachers, whether that be, you know, open house, curriculum night, conferences. But if there's, there seems to be a disconnect or parents need maybe that extra, extra little touch, or, you know, maybe there is a little issue, really encourage parents to schedule that one-on-one time with the teacher. Teachers are very available and accommodating, you know, whether that's, you know, an after-school time or before-school time or lunchtime. They're going to make time to um, have that face-to-face conversation with the parent. And I say face-to-face, I mean, it could be a phone call, but, you know, sometimes maybe email doesn't do it or, you know, just reading something in the teacher's newsletter isn't enough. And so really encourage parents to reach out because teachers, they they are looking out for the best interest of the students, but 
maybe there is something else, some other information that would be helpful or something, you know, the parent would have to share that would make all the difference. What if at some point in the school year, a teacher-parent relationship goes off the rails a bit or an interaction goes really poorly? What's the best way to remedy a difficult situation like that? When I think of that, I think of the ability to have both sides be able to move forward after having a conversation. Maybe it's not going to be completely fixed, whatever the issue could be. Maybe it's an agree-to-disagree type situation, but being able to have both sides move forward completely, there's no, I don't know what the right word is for it, but no gossip outside of that situation on the teacher's end or on the parent's end, or even if it comes to it on the student's end, maybe the student's involved in it somehow too, you know, and they know more details than they needed to, or they just, they're involved in it, who knows, whatever it could be the situation. But, you know, if both sides are able to really truly move forward, then I think that's the best case scenario. And I'm sure that's easier said than done for for all parties, but it's just something that that has to be done for the best interests of the student in the classroom. Yeah, in that situation, really, that in-person conversation um, probably is best to try to resolve that. And again, you know, the parent and teacher have that same goal in mind. They want what's best for the student and talking through the situation. And the student really will take their parents' lead so many times, and so that would be an opportunity for parents to kind of be that good example of working through a tough situation and getting, you know, getting to the, the bottom of things, trying to um, get that resolution. Yeah, I agree, and kind of going off of that too, you know, where it's we want to be able to have the parent model the best they can from home as teachers, we have to be doing our best as well and not be saying anything or doing anything that would influence other teachers to handle that student differently or just if it if it's information that doesn't need to be out there, then it, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be out there. And we got to, as teachers, we want, like a, we've talked about, Nancy mm-hmm. and I, we want, we want what's best for our students. And that mm-hmm. would involve us modeling the best that we can mm-hmm. to the students going forward too. You both touched on this, but I, I want to dig in a little deeper when it comes to parental influence. How much influence do parents' attitudes toward a school or specific teachers have on their own children's attitudes? And does that change as a child gets older? I think it's everything. <laughs> you know, parent, or students really, children do look to their parents. They sense you know, how they're feeling, how they're handling situations. And um, student really will take the parent's lead. And um, if a child comes home and they've had a bad day at school, the parent really can make a difference in how they're, they're handling that. They can steer it in a positive direction. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, the situation, you know, it may have been a terrible day, in fact, but how the parent is helping the child navigate through that situation can make all the difference and then um, influence the child's attitude towards school. You know, maybe something difficult did happen, but let's see how we can work through that. And the child can still have that positive attitude rather than maybe being anxious or um, worried about that. It's interesting. You said, after the question was asked, you said the word everything. And what came to mind for me is 100% that Mm -hmm. parents influence 
how their students will perceive school. Mm -hmm. And I see it in math class a lot, for example, where a kid might think, oh, I heard my parents say once or twice that I'm not really, my parents weren't good at, they said I wasn't good at math, so Mm -hmm. maybe you won't be either. Or Mm -hmm. even a kid just Mm -hmm. hearing that their parents saying they're not good at math or struggled at it, then it's, it trickles down. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a parent yet, so I don't know what that looks like, but I would assume that students, they're going to take what their parents say, maybe even more than what they want them to. And so, yeah, the attitude is, is huge as far as how a parent perceives school to a child. And, you know, if they can be, like Nancy said, just encouraging them to do their very, very best and not putting any type of ideas or thoughts that could be perceived, even perceived as negative to the student in their education experience. It's, it's really extremely important, yeah. James, Nancy, thank you so much for joining us on Navigating Your Child's Education. A new episode of the Navigating Your Child's Education podcast is published the first and third Wednesday of each month. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to speed as each episode comes out And don't forget to leave us a rating and a comment on iTunes.